You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 6, and uh, we'll be reading uh, uh, just a few verses here, Luke chapter 6, and uh, we'll begin with verse 13, and says, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Notice that, he called unto him his disciples. And he also named them apostles, Simon, who he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. And uh, tonight, I just want to uh, speak to you for a little bit on choosing to be a disciple, or you choose to be a disciple, and uh, that's that's kind of what you and I are trying to be as a follower of Jesus Christ, and how important that is. And so, one of the first things that you uh, see, uh, or that leads someone to become a disciple, uh, that characteristic is throughout chapter five. Of Luke and we will focus on a few uh, scriptures through there but um, some characteristics is people who just want to be like Jesus so there was always a crowd around and so it was never an issue about the Lord attracting a crowd but that does not mean that they were all disciples and so you can read and see through chapter 5 that uh, a crowd developed around Jesus eager uh, for one thing, and that was to hear from God. And some of the people that heard from God didn't like what they heard. And you can three, you see through Scripture in the Gospels where, where there are those who discontinued to follow him. Now, if the Lord can't make them follow, then none of us can, obviously. So, the desire and the hunger comes back to people, and I believe that this church is full of people that have a desire and a hunger just to be more like Jesus and to follow him. Inside of that, understanding is that none of us are perfect we all have faults and failures we've all come from different backgrounds we're actually maybe all at a different place in following God but there's a direction and that's to follow him and why do I make that uh, statement well because sometimes people can get caught up in well, so-and-so's been in church for however many decades, and I'm just starting. I'm so far behind. Uh, that's not how the Lord views it. The Lord's view is your hunger and desire to follow him. 
That's what he views. He doesn't look at whether I have followed him for 40 some years or you just started a few months ago. Uh, what he looks at is your hunger and desire to be a disciple. And so what's important is what direction you're aiming in. Not what direction I started in 40 some years ago, what direction I'm aiming in tonight. So for people who are new to church, um, your, your only goal is I want to be more like Jesus and I want to follow him. And when you do that, you won't allow yourself to get caught up in what you don't know and how long you haven't been around church and all the things that have kept you maybe for however many years from church. You're focused on this is where I'm going right now and that's where I'm aiming and that's towards Jesus. So just remember, there was a lot of people that made up the crowd, but not everyone continued to follow him. And so the desire tonight is that each and every person would press forward to see what God has in their life, to push aside other things that would try to distract us, try to take away our longing or hunger for the things of God, whether it's to be in the house of God, the word of God, prayer, whatever the case is, there's always going to be things that are going to challenge you from not to follow the Lord. It's always going to be. Okay? You never get to a place in your walk with God where the enemy gives up and says, there's just no use in trying to mess up that person. It never comes. It never happens. There's no coasting in, in serving God. There's no length of time of following that you don't have to beware. Never. So the goal is to everyone to be aiming in the same direction. Yes, we may be at different stages in our walk with God, but you're aiming towards him. And your desire is to follow him. And the mindset is I'm going to get closer to him and I'm going to become more like him. And so choosing to be a disciple is not based upon your past, not based upon where you live, not based upon how long you've been in church, none of those things. Just your hunger to follow him. Maybe someone's listening online tonight and is trying to make a choice of whether they're going to follow Jesus. And maybe a lot of things have come against them that have hindered them from following. I encourage you, amen, just take one step towards him, amen, just take one day towards him, just make one mind up that you're going to give it to him, and let me tell you, God will help you do the rest. It's all about choosing to be a disciple. It's a myth that people get to a place where they don't have to worry about whether they're following him or not. And so there has to be a spiritual hunger in each and every one of us that begins that we push ourselves towards Jesus into a place of I'm going to do everything I can to get close to him. Now when you look at the story through chapter 5 of Luke into chapter 6, and when he chooses his disciples and apostles, there's a big crowd around. And there's such a crowd that it actually becomes dangerous for the Lord. And uh, you can read through chapter 5, 
he finds himself in a place of physical danger and uh, there's not a lot of opportunities of where to go, but he finds a solution and rather than letting the mob just push him into the water, he rose above it using the most uh, advanced sound system of the day, got into a boat and pushed himself a little ways from the shore and Jesus spoke from the boat to the crowd that was gathered around him on that slope bank of the lake. And speaking from the boat across those still waters, there was a public address that went out to the people. Uh, if you want to think of it this way, Peter was the first sound man. The first sound man that there ever was, was Peter. And keeping that boat at the right distance so that everyone could hear Jesus, Peter gladly worked in his ministry as the sound man. And uh, the, the, the scriptures uh, uh, give us uh, this understanding that Jesus has a, a large crowd, people who desire to follow him, and they're wanting to hear what he has to say. And out of this crowd comes the scriptures that I have read. But saying a person should... Um, press into the word of God, may not stir, you know, the right motivation. However, uh, the, what was happening is Jesus, the actual word of God, is right there in front of them, and people have come to hear him. And they're coming to hear him and what he's going to say. Um, today, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to hear what he has to say. And the most prominent way that he speaks today is through his word. Okay, sending texts and emails, he's not doing that uh, on a very regular basis. He's already written his word. And his word speaks to you if you'll put yourself into his word. Just like the crowd did that day. Okay, so they come and Jesus is going to speak to them. He's going to share word. If you and I want to be a disciple of him, we must become a student of the word, drawing ourselves into a spiritual hunger and a love for the word of God. Nobody told the people that had to come to hear Jesus um, that it was going to be him speaking. They didn't come and say, oh, I didn't know who the preacher was or who the speaker was going to be. They all knew it was going to be him. And they all came to hear what he has to say. And uh, put yourself into the word and understand that that word will speak to you. Uh, they, they wanted to become believers, but they were struggling to hear the word or the Lord via scripture. And so he is there himself going to talk to them He's going to get the message across to them. He's going to share uh, what he wants to say to them. The word of God, Jesus, uh, spoke about the word of God, the scriptures, and that message came alive. And the closer we are to the Lord and his word, the, the more powerful it will come alive in our lives. You can't expect to become a disciple of the Lord to follow him and not be in his word. It just will not work. So if you want to follow Jesus, don't rely just on other people's experience. Don't rely just on service times. 
Don't rely just on podcasts and all kinds of wonderful things that we can partake of. That's, I'm not against all that. What I am asking you and, and admonishing you is to get the Bible out, sit down, just you and God, and read. And let the word come alive in your life. Because what will happen is you may not understand fully every scripture. You may pass through uh, a half a chapter and wonder what just was said. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, something will come alive in the scripture. Because there's a hunger from you to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of him. And when he knows that that's your heart, something will come alive in the scripture. Jesus did not come just speaking random facts and regurgitated information. He brought a message of transformation. It was not enough just for him to speak. He came with power for real needs. He moved directly from, from uh, speaking to addressing uh, Peter's failure. You'll notice, uh, now that's quite, quite a thing, putting Peter right into his message and highlighting how, how uh, terrible of a fisherman he was. <laughs> He's using Peter's boat, <laughs> and then he tells him, man, you didn't catch anything. <laughs> but if you do this, you will catch. He's telling the expert, and he's giving this example to the crowd from Peter's boat, that if you want to be a follower, just listen to what I have to say. It doesn't even always make sense. Think about it for a second. Peter is not a casual fisherman. He's not like myself that gets the fishing license and goes out once or twice a year, and my trout end up costing, you know, 4 or $5 a pound. He's, that's not him. This is his livelihood. This is, he's an expert. He's known for his career of being a fisherman. And he's fished and he hasn't caught anything. And then comes along Jesus and says, if you just go out and put your nets on the other side. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you just stand in the water the opposite way and cast. You know, when you stop and think about what he's telling him to do, it doesn't, it just seems silly. And it's the foolishness of preaching, teaching, that gets the attention of being a follower of Jesus. Well, you know what? That's not complicated enough. You see that all through the scripture. Naaman's told to go dip in Jordan. He gets upset about it. Had asked you something hard to do, you would have done it. Jesus said, just put your nets on the other side. And he's teaching this crowd about becoming a disciple, just listening to what Jesus has to say. So he didn't come with some, some uh, random facts about anything. The Lord's solution was to send Peter back out to fish. Peter explained how fruitless his efforts to catch fish had been. And, uh, but that didn't change the response of the Lord. He didn't say, well, oh, you fished all night and you didn't catch anything. Well, maybe we can try something different. No. 
No, no, he highlighted it to Peter. Peter, if you're going to be a follower, just listen. The expert fisherman uh, was embarrassed, you could maybe say, uh, but that embarrassment gave away to amazement when the response happened of just the obedience to what Jesus said to be a follower. The embarrassment all of a sudden was pushed out of the, the highlight and amazement came because here's the expert, and all of a sudden, they, can, they cannot handle how many fish there were. And, and this, is, this is more than a teacher that's standing in the boat that they're now listening to. And the crowd gets to see Jesus had shown himself to be more powerful than Peter in his, in his own domain as a fisherman. Jesus said, listen, Peter, I know you're the expert, but I'm God. He doesn't say it in words. He says it in action. If you just listen to this, Peter, you'll have no problem with the catch. And an amazement happens in Peter's life. And Peter realized that he was unworthy uh, to be a passenger in this boat at the moment, the pandemonium of the movement and the moment revealed Peter's imprecision of handling his own emotions. And, and uh, he, he's like, how is this possible? I've been doing this for so many years. I know where the fish are. I know. But notice Peter's response. He calls Jesus Lord in the middle of all of this, he realized this guy's more than a teacher. This is someone I've got to take note of. This is someone I've got to learn more about. This is someone that's got something extra about him. And that's what happens to you and I when we start this journey. How many people sitting in this room tonight came into all this with your eyes wide open, knowing exactly everything that was going to happen in your life. No, most people wonder, I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen next. I have no idea even what to expect. I have no idea where God's leading me. And this is how, but Peter's response to him was, Lord. Jesus didn't take any offense to Peter's you know, knee-jerk reaction or response. Jesus, he probably smiled at him. It only looked like Jesus was destroying the nets and the boats and, and all of the stuff. Peter's got his trade, and all of a sudden there's so many fish that their, their trade's going down the drain because the Bible says even their nets were breaking. This is their livelihood. Like, couldn't it be that the Lord could catch a big pile of fish without ruining the future for them? Have we ever thought about how he approached all this situation? Do you think God could have, if he could have filled the net with fish, that he could have kept the, the nets without breaking and the boats without sinking? I don't think it would have been too big of a problem when he filled the nets with fish. But he's preparing, he's preparing someone to be a follower, a disciple. 
someone who's going to make a choice that from this day forward, something unique has being or has taken place here. And so uh, he didn't take any offense to the nets and the boats and all that. He's per he's preparing Peter for a new trade, a fisher of men. And Peter wasn't the only one that was overwhelmed in that moment. Andrew and James and John, these were his business partners. And, and, and uh, to them and to the disciples today, Jesus said, he said this, and, and you can see it in Luke chapter 5, verse 10. Don't be afraid, for now on you'll be fishing for people. These experts in their field, Jesus has got their attention. It's going to be more than just a little object lesson. He's after them to become disciples, followers, people who will leave everything about life and say, Jesus is more important than anything else I could be involved in. That's what he's setting them up for. And uh, Peter, James, and John, Andrew, show us how to do discipleship correctly because the Bible says they, they forsook all things. They basically left everything on the beach and they walked away from their income that landed them uh, really above most wage earners in Israel. They didn't, this wasn't the low end of the scale. They were, they were professionals. And they would have made a good living. And they left behind their social identity and established businesses and their reputation and their stable financial future. You know, we, we, we see how I just read to you chapter 6, verses 13 to 16, and it, it's kind of neat that these are the 12 that Jesus chose, but you have to go back and see how that all happened. These are people that are, are good at what they do, but something caught their attention in this moment. How is it that we as professionals weren't able to catch anything, but by simply going out a little farther and putting our nets on the other side, Now we're in amazement of what this man who's talking to us can do. And in that moment, they left all their status and said, we're going to follow Jesus. It always amazes me at the simplicity that it took for men that were so experienced just to leave everything. What about maybe just putting it all together and putting it up for sale? They weren't even sticking around to put it up on marketplace. Nothing. Nope. We're done with that. We're following him. Folks, that's a level of discipleship. Do you know what's happening in our world today? 
Some people want guarantees. They want spiritual contracts before they're going to sign up. And God's wanting to know if he is more important than anything else in this world. It's difficult to lay aside everything that you know and the comfort zones and the formality of our lives to say, I'm placing my whole life into the hands of Jesus because I want to be a disciple. The story is told. And God, he gives this great example to these well-known businessmen. And today, Jesus is saying to them, I just want you to forsake all, and I'm going to make you different type of fishermen. You can read it in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He simply said the words, follow me. That's it. There was no guarantees. There was no contract. There's no, if you stay with me this long, this is what you'll get. None of that. Just follow me. You can read in Scripture, those who tried to come up with reasons why they had to take care of some things first. And in each of those instances, the Lord does not give them the okay. Just follow me. Follow me. And uh, in that day, in that day, the present rulers, the certain, the certain regions of, of that time period, they, these, these professionals in their careers, they would have, uh, on a regular basis, they would have come near the market. They would have been on a road that was near the port. And the fishermen with their, with their well-established businesses would come to a place where they never enjoyed coming. And that was to the customs to pay their tax on the fish that they had brought in to sell. Nobody, nobody that was a fisherman wanted to be part of that. They didn't uh, like having to do that. Not only did the, the, the people hate the taxes, but they didn't view the people that were collecting them as very nice people. They were kind of looked down upon. They were taking their hard-earned money and they were collecting portions of that. And then you have this area of Capernaum in the same story, Luke chapter 5. Jesus has called Peter, Andrew, James, and John and they're following him and the next stop is at a place where they don't like the guy. They don't like going there. They don't like what he does. They don't want to have any part of it. And you can imagine what their thoughts might have been. Oh, my goodness, we can't go any farther. Jesus is going to make us pay our taxes here. <laughs> this is some kind of a scheme. He... He, he, he was sent around to gather us up to make sure our taxes is paid. But no, he stops at the tax collector's booth and calls him. He calls Matthew. Levi Matthew is called at that moment. You can, I, I try to think through 
what some of these men must have been thinking. It really isn't any different today if we're not careful. Well, my goodness, the Lord can bring that person in. That, that person can get their life straightened out. That, do you realize what kind of a person that person's been in this city? Can, and we have these thoughts, and Jesus stops at the booth and says, I just need you to follow me. Sometimes he stops at booths of people we don't even care for. Because he's just looking for disciples. He's just looking for disciples. People who will follow him. People who will say, you know what? I want to be a true disciple. And, and Jesus is interrupting people's lives. And he's calling people to this discipline of being a disciple. And what's interesting, Matthew, uh, in Luke chapter 5, verse 28, says, left all. Followed Jesus, and he fell in stride with Peter, Andrew, James, and John, those who had once hated paying him uh, uh, the taxes. And Jesus called these disciples together, even though in their, in their lives they probably clashed over multiple things at multiple times. And he says that he's going to give them power to preach the gospel. And he's looking at them and valuing them the same. Listen, in this disciple calling business with the Lord, he's no respecter of persons. He isn't. And the quicker we learn that, the better. He just stops where we never think it would even be a possibility. And he says, I've got someone who's hungry right here who wants to be a follower. Sometimes it surprises us who wants to follow Jesus. It happened in the Bible. It still happens today. Do you know what? It's time as, it's time as disciples to get rid of old hatreds and stop being prejudiced and We can't allow any of that stuff to happen in our lives, folks. You can't get caught up in language and culture. And, and don't, don't allow, Jesus will stop at whatever booth he wants to call people to be a disciple. And uh, if we're going to be in end time revival, we have to get it clearly in our mind that he is no respecter. Of persons. I'm not talking about not being wise and, and uh, even cautious. But I tell you what, we better get some mindsets out of our thinking because who Jesus calls might even be someone you don't like. Might be someone who wounded you in the past. Might be someone that hasn't been too nice to you. Might be a backstabber at work. No, seriously. See, the way the Lord looks at it is he's just looking for disciples who will follow him. And, uh, oh, God, cleanse my spirit. Cleanse my heart. 
Cleanse my mind, God. Don't allow me to get things into my spirit that would hinder in any way someone who wants to be a disciple from being a disciple. Help us, Lord, not to look down our noses and help us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And help us, Jesus, to make sure that we understand that you're calling all. And Jesus explained to them how he had come to focus on those who on those who didn't always have their lives together. And he came to transform those who were hungry and those who were hurting and those who had moral issues and those who didn't have a purpose in life and those who had been abused and those who didn't have a good upbringing and those who didn't have a healthy home and those who... And he's teaching his disciples in this pattern that they got to remember that he has a purpose for people's lives and he wants everybody to be a follower of him. So he didn't call just a select group of people. Do you know that even when Jesus chose the 12, he only chose that after a prayer meeting? He didn't even think of these people in, as some special group. No, he just prayed. The Lord was praying. And in prayer, the Spirit of God allowed that wonderful calling of these people. And it hasn't changed. The prayer still allows a person's mind to understand that God is for everybody and he's calling everybody and he's just looking for disciples, people that will identify themselves as followers of Jesus and Jesus is still calling disciples he's calling us to follow him and he's calling us to follow his commission and his commission is very clear sometimes we make it very complicated but it's not complicated he gave his disciples of that day one commission go and make disciples don't go look for all the people that you want to have in church. Don't go look for all the people that's compatible. No, just go and make disciples. We make it so complicated at times, and Jesus made it so simple. He's just looking for followers. People that will follow him, no matter what stage of life they're at. You know, I always ask myself and wonder how many people today said some type of prayer, even maybe not having a, a great knowledge of how to pray, but how many people pray today if there is a God? Would somebody, God, if you're real, would you just send somebody? How many people are in the booth and not very many people like them. And they're looking for Jesus to stop by. Because if that could happen that day, then it's still happening today. God, help me. Help me not to become distracted. Help me, God, not to become into a place where I don't realize what that one purpose that you've given me 
to do is, and that's to go and make disciples. It's not for the pastor just to make disciples. That's our commission. Everybody in this room, everybody. Can you imagine if every person at Mission Point made one disciple over the next year? Just one. Just one. Our church could not handle. It could not handle the amount of people. The daughter works would be full. Just one. It's interesting to note that Jesus chose 12, and then he named them apostles. Oftentimes in Scripture, the Lord will change someone's name to reflect the person's new identity. And you see that with the life of Jacob. Jacob was, his name was changed to Israel. And um, we like to refer to our spiritual identity at times as our calling. And God has a special calling for each of us. And he, he calls these 12, and, and one of them, his name is Simon. One particular note change of the 12. His name is Simon. And he changes his name and calls him Peter. And Peter's name means a rock. And his calling and identity changes from Simon to Peter. And you can see it in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 I say also unto thee he says that thou art Peter changes his name and upon this rock I will build my church he changes his name to a rock Peter is going to be identified not just as a follower but an apostle he's part of the making disciples plan listen Peter's got a lot of problems Oh, he does. He's got, anger. He's got anger issues. He needs anger management. He does. I mean, he's, he's got a hot temper. He has an issue with denying the Lord. Oh, no, no, don't worry about me. I'll, I'll follow you right to the end. Peter, let me tell you, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me thrice. That's exactly what happened. This is his hot-tempered disciple. He's got a lot of issues. But Jesus changes his name to Peter. He's already preparing Peter for what's going to happen just a few days after Calvary. I've called you, Peter, and I'm changing your identity. And you're going to preach on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people are going to respond that day to what they must do to be saved. Can you imagine this hot-tempered, quick denier? <laughs> and the Lord still sees him not, not in all his faults and failures, but as a disciple who's got a mission. And you see it through the life of Peter. Peter, this is what, I know your name's Simon, but I'm changing it to Peter because you're going to preach the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people 
are going to be filled with my spirit that day. And what does Jesus call you and I? He doesn't call us according to our past labels. He doesn't call us according to our failures of the past. No, he put his name upon your life when you gave your heart to him. And he calls you his disciple. And he simply asks us to follow him. And with one commission to go and make disciples. That's it. Everybody here isn't just another person. Well, I have low self-esteem, Pastor. I, I'm, not, I'm not an outgoing person. Listen, God took your life from whatever it was and made it what it is today. Are you going to be like someone else? Hopefully not. Just be you. Just be the disciple that he's called. And if you be that person, he's not asking you to be someone else. He's not asking you to be like someone else. He just wants you to be the disciple that he called. And what happens in our lives? We just, oh, I can't do that. I can't, I can't accomplish I can't accomplish, I, I've encountered too many things, I, I, I get anxious, I, all kinds of things that come up against us that we cannot, we cannot get over at times. Bring yourself back. Bring yourself back to how he called his disciples in the first place. He took an expert in his career and embarrassed him. To leave him amazed at how awesome he was. Then he takes him on a road and stops him at a place that he can't stand the guy. And calls him too. And then he, re he relays to him before, I mean before the day's out. You're going to deny me. But I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan for you. And not only was the day of Pentecost part of that plan, but also chapter 10. Peter goes to Cornelius' house, opens up this incredible gospel to people that were not like him. Not only did he see Jesus do it while he was there, he became part of doing it himself. You're calling Matthew? Oh, my goodness, anyone's allowed. Peter, what I call clean, don't you call unclean. And he showed up at Cornelius' house, and he tells the council in just a few short days, they got the Holy Ghost just like we did. They did. What happened to us in the upper room it happened to them. He's calling disciples from everywhere. Well, you know what? What happened to someone who was brought up in church? It happened to someone who lived on the street. Do you know what happened to someone who had it all together? It happened to the person who had no hope. That's the kind of disciple making that Jesus is after.
That's what he's after. That's what this church has to be. That's what this church must become. Stand if you would. This is about choosing to be a disciple. Laying down all those thought patterns and not being surprised in who he calls. Oh, how does that work, Pastor? Well, I, I hear it like this. Well, man, I've been praying for so-and-so for so long, and the more I pray for them, they get worse. That's the person God's after. I can give you examples of people, their parents, the parents pray for their child for decades. And both parents passed on to be with the Lord, and within just short days, weeks, their child came to God. Yeah, I can, I can, I could bring them right in tonight and let them. Yeah, that's how God works. Because he's still calling disciples. And he's calling the ones that we don't even think. He's able to do it. God, I thank you. God, that each person in this room, God is choosing to be a disciple. It's not about where we were, where we came from. God, it's about where we are and following you right now. I pray, God, that you'd allow every one of us, God, to become, Lord, hungry for you like we've never done. God, we get, in, God, we get into a, a mode where we just seek your word and seek your face. and God, we spend time in prayer and, and allow all those things, God, that are preconceived ideas to be cleansed out of our spirit and cleansed out of our heart and cleansed out of our mind, God, and open our eyes to the field. God, the disciples God, that you're, that you're calling, that are hungry, the ones, God, that are seeking for you. Let us be sensitive. God, I pray to your spirit. Let our eyes be open to what you're doing and what you're going to do. God, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this church and what you're going to do. God, in our daughter works, I thank you. Lord, every satellite church, let them be filled. God, I pray with disciples and disciple makers. Let the power of your presence work through our lives Every day, every day, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, uh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. We want everybody on board. We need everyone's hands involved, everybody engaged. Nobody left out, nobody on the sideline, everybody in the game. We need everybody. We need everyone. Amen. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight. Thank you for being in the house. What a beautiful crowd in Bible study tonight. Amen. I'm thankful for what God's doing. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.